Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's your girl, Sasha. I'm here, another episode of Grown and Opinionated. Um, since it's the beginning of the week, I'm going to start off with some righteousness and not the ratchetness. Uh, not today, not today, another day. So I wanted to talk about today, which I find like a lot of people that I know are experiencing. And um, according to this statistics that more people are experiencing than we're aware of is caring for an aging parent or a disabled parent. So the question I propose to you, are you actually in a position now where you're caring for your parent? Um, are you the caregiver for your parent, primary, secondary, and just have a, like, a real discussion about that? So before we get into it, I just wanted to give some information. According to AARP, you know, the place for old people, they got the good discounts coming through, insurance, everything. Um, an estimated 38 million people are providing care for a loved one, like an older parent or a disabled parent. And most of the caregivers, uh, about 60%, uh, work outside of their home, meaning that they have another job that they have to maintain for financial reasons, and um, they have their own children to support. So what I wanted to discuss this because I find this to be um, something, like I said, it's just something that's really prevalent in my life and in friends I know lives. And I used to do a lot of elder law cases or help people where their parents are, you know, at a certain age and things are just going left and what that looks like. I would say one of the most difficult parts of caring for an older parent or aging, however you want to say it, or a parent who's unable to care for themselves primarily is the dynamic that this person is your parent and they were they were the authoritative figure in your life growing up and everything and now the roles are reversed based on the condition of your parents so I just want to be clear it's not I'm not talking about where your parent is fully they have all of their capacities they're mentally well they're physically well they're just old so, you know, you help out and do certain things. I'm talking about those cases where your parents are not able to fully care for themselves. Um, that, like I said, it's a whole dynamic because you have certain situations where you have a parent and you have to tell them, you have to take your medicine, you have to do this, you have to do this, or I'm taking you here, uh, whether they want to or not. And I think that can be difficult. I know that's something that's difficult for me because it's like, well, you know, she's my parent, so how can I boss her around or tell her what to do? And of course, because the attentions are pure, you're doing it for all the good reasons, you're, you know, and it's in their best interest, but it's really, really, really freaking hard. Really hard. Really hard. And then when they're asking you to do things that are not in their best interest, it's really hard to tell them no. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Or, yeah, you can't, you know, go and max out your credit card this month and spend it on whatever. Things like that. I mean, that becomes really difficult. What I find also is that even though, as I read the statistics, it's 38 million people providing this care and are in this position, a lot of the people are not connecting. 
So one of the things that I used to do when I had more um, caregiver clients, I would tell them, like, listen, you got to find a support group. At one point, we had the list, and at the end of this, I'm going to give some numbers where you can find some support. You have to find people where you can have an outlet that you can talk to it that are like-minded because, yes, your friends may listen to you, or they, but they will never fully understand if they're not going through that. It's just like how we talk about when people have children and they say like, or, well, when people have children, in my experience, it's children. When people don't have children, they're the best parents ever. They have all of this advice or they're telling you what you did wrong. Then once they have children, they're like, yeah, girl, yeah, (laughs) I see what you meant. So I think the same goes for caregivers or when you're relate, trying to relate to anyone and you have to have someone that is going through the same experience. Of course, you're going to always talk to your friends or vent to your friends. And I know I've said it sometimes to my friends, like, look, I'm not looking for your opinion. I'm, I, I don't want, you know, any judgment or whatever. I just really need to vent. Um, it's better to do it with your therapist if you have it. But sometimes your therapist just not around and you just need someone. So. I always say, like, if you're a caregiver, you really, really, really need to find someone who's in the same position. Um, There's also instances, and I know um, for whatever reason, it seems like when there's an aging parent or a disabled parent, um, no matter how many children or family members are around, it seems like the care or the primary level of care falls on one. Um, child or one family member and I guess for me to kind of like what kind of support that person needs and to try to support them in that role because now I'm of a different opinion than other people may be and again this is JMO about so y'all go hear my opinion but I'm of the opinion that you know Either there needs to, everybody needs to be on the same page or someone needs to be in charge. And that one person needs to be in charge. And then we all, you know, support. Um, Everybody else may not feel that way. They may feel like, you know, well, we're all in the same position and we all can make this. And I just don't feel that way. I just would rather have one person, you know, you be in charge and we support. But what is that level of support for that person? What do they really need in that situation? Um, I would have loved to have, I got to start working on this beforehand so I could get some, you know, feedback or have someone to talk to. But please leave me some reviews or leave me information where you, you know, you give your opinion. Of it. What as a primary caregiver of an agent or disabled parent, what do you need? What kind of support do you need other than having someone that you can talk to? Then, as I said, most of these people who are primary caregivers, not only do they have to hold down full-time jobs to support themselves, because for the most part, you know, they're not taking any of their parents' money or there is no money. There are situations where there are caregivers who have to financially support their parent also in addition to taking care of them. Um, But, like, what does that look like? And then on top of that, they have their own children, as I stated, that most of them have children. So what does that support look like? Do you want someone to step in and kind of help you more with your children um, or, you know, like babysitting and things like that so that between the time of you working 
taking care of your parent and then also being a mom to your child, you're not exhausted. You're not burnt out. Um, and what does that look like? Because I know like no one wants someone to come in and say, okay, well you take care of mom and dad and I'm going to raise your child. Like not that level, but I mean, what does that look like? Is it something like, you know, well, I can keep them for you for this amount of time so that you can have some time on your own where you're not taking care of mom and dad and you're not taking care of your son because you don't want to be burned out. We all know, like, even parents, we need that time. We need some time where it is for us, like, or you'll get burnt out. So imagine juggling parents, your parents and your kids and everything. I mean, I would love to know, like, how could we better support these people so that they're not burnt out or they're not growing resentful at it? I mean, it has a serious impact on your life. It has to. There's no way providing care for anybody, even a child, has an impact on your life. So could you imagine a fully grown adult with their own opinions, their own thoughts about life, who's lived, who has lived life, who's raised you, and how that, I mean... That, it just seemed like it's so much. Um, I'm like, again, I, like I said, I'm not the most... Oh, shoot. I dropped my Fiji. I'm not the most trans... I don't want to say transparent because I'm not like a liar. But I don't... I have issues with being vulnerable and opening up and telling my experience, which I'm working through on this podcast of uh, thank you for all 15 of you who listen and who are, <laughs> who are helping me with this challenge. But, um, yeah, I'm going through real quick. I hate when I drop a top to a bottle or something and it lands on like, I guess that would be heads or something. So the part where you actually screw on is on the floor. Because then it's just done. So now I got an open bottle of water. But anyway, back to this. So I'm um, I'm actually in a position where my mother is older. My mother um, has been a single mother for... Oh, well, she's a widow. And I would say maybe 30 years or something. Like she's been a widow. And you know... She raised us by herself, and I'm going in a situation, but I just had to, like, literally, before I recorded this podcast, I had to tell my sister that this is too much for me. I don't think I, I, I don't know what role I can play, but this is too much for me um, and what I was doing. And, oh, my God, I don't want to start crying, but she's like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Bring her to me, you know, it's okay. Um, and then we made a whole bunch of, um, <laughs> well, I did a lot of inappropriate jokes and stupid jokes because that's just what I do. Uh, I like to laugh. Um, I don't know if it's a coping mechanism yet. I have to talk to my therapist or if I just think I'm a funny mother lover, but it's, I, I think that it's a lot and it's a big sacrifice. So I would love to support them and support, you know, my sister who is the primary caregiver, but I don't know in what, how do I fit in or how can I support them, um, without sacrificing myself. And when I say that, I mean, uh, like everybody, everybody has work and things like that. So, you know, and I have a stressful, um, 
uh, job, career, whatever, is, you know, really stressful. And it's a lot. And, you know, so you need time for that. And when I became a single parent, um, I, I made the decision that I would have to work less in order to show up for my kids. Because I could work all day and all night and tell them, be quiet, I got to work and not show up for them and make a lot of money. Or I could show up for them. And, you know, we still do well, but I could show up for them. And that was more important for me to show up for them, that when they were there, that's their time. So now I still have that, a cutback. Um, but the cutback and even further to incorporate my mother, that would probably be a challenge. Um, and then just, you know, having the time for myself and my, you know, my, my sanity and, uh, and full disclosure, you all already know, I see a therapist. Um, she's just out this week. I was like, oh shit, this week of all weeks, my therapist isn't available and I'm going through it. But I, when I initially told my therapist that, you know, I was thinking of, I'm going to just take on being the primary caregiver for my mom. I'll move her in. I'll do this. My therapist said, absolutely not. I do not recommend you do that. That's just not a good idea. And um, at first I was like, okay, I don't care what she said. But then as we worked through it, I, I really understood what she was saying. And then as I'm experiencing more, I really understand what she's saying is that I would basically sacrifice myself, my sanity and, you know, everything that I worked so hard to get. Two, not financially, not career. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, um, intellectually, I guess. I don't know. I got to just say, whatever. But what I worked to to get myself to this position after the, you know, the changes in my life and things like that to then incorporate that, it would just probably send me backwards and then I'll be fighting another battle uphill. And when I, that would just be so conflicting with what I say my priorities are and what my purpose is. I say all the time, like, my priority is my children. When I was losing my mind and I was like, oh, my God, I don't, like, I don't know what's going on, anxiety, depression, everything, I said, um, I prayed so many times. I was always praying because I always pray. Even when nothing's wrong, I pray. I just, I'm a praying person. I meditate. Before I got into the meditation really deeply, deeply, it was praying a lot. And I said, God, just let me, just get me through this. I just need to be a mom to these kids. I'm going to show up for my kids. And I was telling them, I'm going to get better so I can be your mom. I'm just going to be your mom. And that was really, really important to me. So to do something that would conflict with that, um, it's not honoring the God and myself. It's not honoring, you know, me, God, or whoever y'all believe in the universe and then the God within myself, because that's not what I even prayed for. I prayed for this. I, I prayed for the position that I'm in now and to go and do something that would destroy that. I mean, it's just so conflicting. So, but it's really hard. So now I'm reaching out like, well, how can I support my sisters, like, how can I support you 
um, and also within my my limits and coming up with plans and things like that. But it's really tough. And um, I know that there's a lot of people and I'm not trying to compare. I, I, I Listen, to be 100 percent honest, I couldn't imagine being the primary caregiver for it. I just couldn't that it just seems so hard. And with no support, I, could, I I just don't see how these people are getting up every morning and going out into the world and still functioning and dealing with this. And then the ones who work full time and part time and some of them two jobs and have kids. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so my prayers are with them. Um. Yeah. But I would just, I, I really wanted to talk to, about that because, again, this is grown and opinionated. So most of us are grown. We have a certain age. And this is something that's, if it's not prevalent in your life now, it soon will be because your parents would be, uh, I mean, I'm 40 something. So your parents are going to be 60, 70, 80 around that age. And at some point, I mean, God willing, I see the people who are 103 and, they, you know, they need, light support they don't need a full-time caregiver and they're able to operate and do things god willing that all of your parents will be in that position but the fact of the matter is that most of our parents won't and what that looks like then i started thinking about you know uh when i got of eight like when i got up in that age you know and taking the steps now to kind of Make sure I'm healthy to maintain my health. And, you know, y'all all heard it. Health is wealth. Health is wealth. Um, and it is true that it is really important. But I think that a lot of us, when we start to get to the health is wealth part and we're aging, we worry about it too late. That it has to be a lifelong thing in starting. Um, there's reports and things about alzheimer's dementia things with memory and what you can do now to kind of strengthen yourself so that you're able to fight it over of course genetics is going to play a major part in everything there's nothing we can do about genetics but there are steps that we can take to kind of you know hold things off or to help us with that because i mean your whole family could be fat as fuck but if you work out every day, um, eat salads and smoothies, you're not going to be fat as fuck. It just won't happen. So there are things that we can do and starting with now and looking into those, like what can you do to make sure your mind stays sharp? I always say if, um, in my opinion, it's the mind. If you have your mind with you, everything else will follow. If your mind is not with you, then that's when the other shit is going to happen. Um, in any capacity, I mean, some of us, it's not like you're completely gone, but part of it and things like that. So to like make sure you're sharpening your mind, reading, doing like puzzles and um, oh, my God, I, I don't want to make a shameless plug, but I did make a crossword puzzle that's on Instagram um, that you guys could try. I'm going to try to put them out like twice a week. But doing puzzles, Sudoku, things like that, just to kind of keep your mind going, maintaining. We talked about this with the Living to 100 um, episode that I 
watched on Netflix. Um, maintaining relationships with people. Those things are really, really important. And it's kind of hard to do those things when you're 70, 75, 80, as opposed to doing them now and just maintaining them all the way until you're there. So, like, the really focus on and let's start working on that but uh, if you know anyone that's a caregiver your friend or anything or if you're in a family where you know your parents are um require some care and one of your siblings is actually providing the care and you have kind of just like stepped out like oh they got it no step back in they don't got it Step in and say, hey, how can I support you? What can I do? But within your limits. So if you step in to help your your sister or brother who's um, the primary caregiver for your parent and they're like, um, yeah, take John John and just keep him for the weekend. That would really help me. And you know you don't like John John or you don't like kids. Say, okay, I can't help you there, but what else can I do? Um, it may be running errands and going around and going to doctor's appointments or going food shopping for them. Like, hey, can I help you by going to pick up your groceries and do these things for you so that that's one less thing you can do. But just to find out how can you support them because that's really going to help or then you're going to be taking care of your mom and your sister or brother. But I hope that this episode um, kind of gets some conversations started about this whole um, thing with taking care of aging and disabled parents and I hope it really inspires someone anyone I don't care if it's one person or whatever to kind of reach out to their primary their relative who's a primary caregiver for agent or disabled parent and kind of give them support and I hope it also inspires a person who is a primary caregiver to reach out and get some support for themselves and to take care of themselves so With that, I'm going to wrap it up. I have some resources. In New Jersey, it's um, 211. Now we got the thing like New York, and New York is 311, but we have one now in New Jersey where you can call, and they'll just give you some different support groups. They'll give you... um, I saw some where they were like some senior centers that you can go and drop off. I know the senior centers is a whole big thing. I'm actually looking into starting an active senior center for um, people who aren't for seniors who aren't really disabled, but that can get out and meet people and do things. Um, New York is three one one. They have a whole thing with caregiver support, support groups, um, and helping you navigate the resources. AARP, as I stated in the beginning of this site, that's a wonderful place. I think that uh, the parents, you know, even if your parent isn't registered already, you might want to register for AARP so you can get access to different things to help you navigate it. Also, you know, because you got to navigate Medicaid, you have you must navigate Medicaid and Medicare and home health, everything. There's also resources where. They will pay you, and it's not a crazy amount of money. I think it's uh, 20 or $21 per hour or something. It can be that amount that they will pay you um, if the parent is does qualify for Medicaid. 
So that may be something for someone who's working a full time and a part time job or something like that, that maybe you could get rid of the part time and now you'll just get paid for doing what you're already doing. So there's a lot of resources for that. And then there's a website, caregiver.org, where a lot of this information will be. When I post a YouTube video, I'll put the links and the information up at the end. Um, Okay, I hope this wasn't too sad of a show. I know I didn't even make any of my good jokes, but we're going to have a ratchet episode this week. Um, Nothing's been really popping off on the Twitterverse that much, but I'm sure some shit going to get started. Or I'll go out in these Twitter streets and start it just for you, so you will be entertained. But um, (laughs) I love talking to you guys. Uh, This is, I forgot what number episode, but Sasha out. Peace out. See y'all next time.